France or not. It says very clear, education is nothing but the reestablishment and reinforcement of values and institutions of a given society. All the brother is saying is that whatever this society says is right, when you go to school, they're going to tell you it's right, and you got to run it on down. If you run it on down, you get an A. If I say to you, Columbus discovered America in 1492, if I was your teacher, you said, no, Columbus didn't discover America in 1492, there were Indians here, I tell you, flunk the course. Welcome to the Covenant Podcast, episode 12. So happy to be with you all. You can't hide. We're going to find you. Episode 12. How you all doing today? Thank you so much for being with a brother, man. Really appreciate you all supporting the podcast. Yeah, man. You know, I'm back. Be back. You know, we're talking about some great things going on. Uh, you know, I'm just really happy to be back with you all. Just really, you know, just talk about topics that's really been on. Sometimes I just really like to just kind of just go away and disappear for, you know, a couple of weeks. You know, get my mind together, get my life together. Um, you know, just spend time with family. Right. And just, you know, come back to you all with just a fresh mind. All right. So today we're talking about privacy and security. Uh, there was a recent uh, case that's going on currently right now um, with Prize. And so I just, really, just want to quickly just talk about that and just, you know, really, really focus on like, what is privacy? You know, uh, are we, you know, do you think that you're not being watched? Right. You know, uh, technology is just really is just advancing, advancing. We have AI now. We have systems and computers that are literally uh, learning as I speak. Right. And so uh, the smarter we become, the more, you know, power we become. Right. And the more power we have, we try to use that power in ways. Now, irresponsibly or responsibly, that is the question. But we know that privacy and security is powerful. I know when, you know, when 9-11 happened, you know, security just ramped up. Right. You know, the uh, the airport became way more right just diligent right things just changed the mindsets changed but also a lot of negative things happened too right islamophobia increased right you had these negative perceptions of people who had nothing to do with that incident right already getting those stereotypes on them and so when we talk about security we talk about surveillance we talk about privacy it's a murky topic right but I really, really wanted to talk about the prize case because I just was so just caught off. I was caught off guard. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I grew up, you know, listening to the Fugees and and I love Ready or Not. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a, it was shocking to see that a hip hop artist was. Let me just uh, play the video for you, you know, just so you all can just get the clear idea of what really happened. give you more details so pretty much the brother man prize prize was the producer of the fujis you know you had wyclef you had lauren hill and those two were the extroverts where prize was in the background doing the production you know your favorite songs he was a part of that 
I don't know if he was the third child or the middle child, if you want to call him, but he just kind of felt like, you know, um, the the DJ in Trap Call Quest, right? We knew uh, Q-Tip, we knew Fife Dog, but, you know, Muhammad, you know, uh, you know, we didn't really, you know, we didn't give him that love, right? So I kind of feel like Prize was like that too. And so you will see years after the Fugees, you know, they broke up and, you know, he was, you know, he was, you know, still taking care of business. He was a businessman making money, right? And he was this uh, quote unquote diplomat with international uh, lobbyists and he got involved with the wrong people and he's now facing 22 years for being pretty much a, a agent of china and this is no disrespect to you know china but you know he is pretty much he's implicating people he's implicating obama he's implicating trump and the reason why i want to talk about this on the podcast today is because when we talk about privacy and security when we talk about trust you know you never really know who you can really trust, right? And it gives you this type of paranoia where you always feel like you're being watched, right? I remember when the iPhone came out when the cameras just became way more advanced, people started putting tapes on their laptop cameras, right? You know, kind of making it seem like, you remember that movie Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf, right? Just that the, the more the information age gets larger and larger, the more our power becomes to... To, 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 you know, increase our security, but also to invade other people's privacy. And I didn't realize this was a real thing until I got to college. See, in college, you know, I, I was a, you know, I was a, I was a rebel. Um, you know, I went to a historically black college and I always felt like, you know, going to HBCU, we just wasn't getting what we deserve. And so I had a rebellious spirit. I wanted to fight the power. You understand what I mean? And so I will always go to this library I call. And this library was a place where other brothers and sisters would go and we would build. We'll talk about love. We'll talk about black people. We'll talk about Africa. We'll talk about things that connect us to each other, but also connect us to the motherland. Right. You know, we would, we would talk about these things and I loved it. I loved it so much I stopped going to class. You understand what I mean? Like I, I was so caught up in being a rebel that I felt that me participating in going to school was me being a capitalist, right? Stupid me. Young me. And in this library, you know, you have every brother and sister that is melanated. Their hair is locked down or twisted or trying to get that way. We take our cell phones out and we take the batteries out of them because we feel that 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 fighting for liberation of black people isn't the most popular topic. And if you, you know, you grow up listening to Panthers and, you know, grow up, you know, watching the Panthers, you understand that they were heavily surveilled just for fighting the power. And so you think in your mindset that if you just have any recollection of trying to do a minuscule of what the Black Panthers did, you have to be so quote unquote paranoid because you think you might be being watched. You understand what I mean? Or do you understand what I mean? See, see, I played that video with Stokely Carmichael because when we talk about China, when we talk about the U.S., when we talk about these governments, it's really like they're, they're all not all the same, but they all have their own ulterior motives. And if your arterial motives aligns with their arterial motives, then you're good. But if they don't, then you are an enemy. And when we talk about the Panthers, right, the Panthers were so polarizing, not only because they carry shotguns and down the street to ensure that safety was happening in uh, uh, the black community, or they, they had law books whenever a black person was being police brutalized, they would go to that area and, you know, read that person's rights. 
you know, they they were also just feared. And so heavily surveilled because of those things, right? You know, we, we saw what happened with Fred Hampton. And so coming back to this library, you know, we paired up, we taking our batteries out of our phone. We thinking like, you know, we have to be careful because we think that fighting for black people isn't the most uh, popular topic. So long story less long, right? You know, I'm building my brothers and sisters and we think about a plan to, you know, create an event at the local university so we can talk about issues that are pertinent. Racism, white supremacy, systematic racism, right? And we will be at this library for hours, almost like late at night. And we weren't doing nothing wrong. All we were doing was just building and trying to come up with ways to be innovative and to inspire our local peers, our local people, or the people that we felt that we were serving. We were young. It was about a lot. It was like eight of us. But for some reason, that was a threat to someone. I live in Northern Virginia. Norfolk is about three hours. I take a trip back home. I go to another library that has a similar context, similar people, similar mission, you know? And we build this still, and so I'm organizing. And then I remember I'm at my friend's house, and I get a call from my mom talking about how the cops are looking for me. Saying that they knew my name, and they want to know why I was at these bookstores. And my heart dropped immediately. You know, I was I was shocked and appalled, but not surprised, but still scared. That if I was reading books that were liberating me and I was taking that information and giving it to people, why does that take you to drive three hours to surveil me? And that's when I came to the conclusion that we're all being watched. And no matter what you're doing, if it's against what the system wants, if it's against the status quo, you're going to be watched even more. And so with that being said, what does this have to do with education? Right now, we're in the position where if I were to take TikTok and take all that information and put it on a flash drive and sell it to my worst enemy, I now have a problem. Your child, your son, your daughter's grades, reports, formative information, summative information, qualitative assessments, quantitative assessments, all that data is now digitized on a drive that can be hacked, that can be infiltrated, that can literally, you know what I'm saying, be taken. How do we live in a world where we can balance those things out? America is a special place because the liber the liberation piece is what's so popular, right? But we don't we we forget that America is just as corrupt. But I'm definitely pro-American right now, and especially in the times that we're in. You know, when we're talking about surveillance and we're talking about prize, right? You know, you thinking that he is a hip hop artist, producer, someone who you know who's making money off of his art. And he build relationships. Whole time he aspired for the Chinese government. I'm in the bookstore, reading Ivan Van Sertima, Amos Wilson preaching love, talking to Black Panthers. Whole time you were agent. And so, 
if prize is implicating all these people that Kim Kardashian, Obama, Trump, it's it's like who can you really trust? And it's like it's like if you think that you are getting away with what you think you're getting away with, you're not because they are watching you and you can't hide. They're going to find you. And they're not going to make they're not going to make you love them, but they're going to make you understand why you're being surveilled. And so the purpose of this podcast is to empower you and understand that you have power over your surveillance. And you should understand that power over your surveillance is liberation and autonomy. You should keep that. That privacy is important. And when you're putting information out there that you have two-step verification, right? That 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 you are monitoring your scholars, social media platforms, you're you you know, you're looking at what they're what they're putting out there. Because that information is out there, which means it can be influenced, it can be taken, and it can be used for something either good or bad. Now, I'm about to give you a case on how pretty much what happens when you are overly surveilled. And and, and, and it, this is a system that is accepted. Okay? I'm not trying to judge, and I'm not trying to say this is bad. I'm really just trying to show you just... What can be the worst case scenario if surveillance and privacy, it gets out of hand? And we also have to ask the question, why as human beings do we feel that we have to surveil or why are we surveilling enough? Because I guarantee you their argument is going to be, well, we want to ensure that nothing bad happens. What's the balance between that? So let's check it out. This is called the social credit system. So picture your life in a place where everything you do, what you buy, how you behave, is tracked. The government gives you a score, and the score is a measure of how trustworthy you are as a citizen. This is. Determines what you're allowed to do, like ever. And this is not a credit score. It's, it's way deeper. <laughs> it's called social credit. It sounds like that show Black Mirror, but it's actually happening in China. So how does that change you? Does it change you? What does your life look like when your every move is watched? Every move is watched. The system's eyes are in big data, artificial intelligence, and roughly 200 million surveillance cameras. And that's totally fine with Oyang Hanyu. She's 21, graduated from a good school with solid grades. She's diligent. She's nice. No surprise. She's a 752. That's her rating with Sesame Credit, a private company working with the government on the algorithms for the social credit system. The scores go from 350 to 950 and are based on habits and behavior. Like clothes or diapers, it's good. A lot of alcohol, too many video games, not so good. How you 752 puts her in model citizen range and gets her discounts and privileges, like using a share bike without a deposit. She likes it. Her friends do too. They all have pretty high scores. Isn't a mechanism like uh, pushes you to become a 
And so the Black Mirror episode, uh, the uh, lovely lady reference is called Nosedive. And it's a really great episode, Black Mirror. Um, I believe it's the third season, but pretty much it talks about how, you know, if you, if you score, if you put a quantitative value on everything you do, right? So you put quantitative value on how you interact with your, uh, your, your girlfriend that day, or you put a quantitative value on how well you party that night, right? It all has a scale and all has value. And depending on the score that you get from all that aggregate data, from all of that behavior, from all of those conditions determines, right? It determines your life. It determines your education. It determines your ability to travel. Get this. If you have a poor score in this uh, social credit system, you can't travel. Like literally in the video, they have someone where his score is so bad because he pretty much he lost a he didn't want to pay a lawsuit that he got sued for. And the judge, you know, pretty much put him in a black. They call it a blacklist. He got blacklisted. And because he got blacklisted, he can't pay. He can't pay for train tickets. He can't pay for plane tickets. And so. The way that they're able to do this, right, is with algorithms. And the way they, the way they use the algorithm is through surveillance, right? Through, through behavior, through monitoring. And there's a variety of different algorithms, a variety of different monitoring, but this is the, the, the extreme case. And I'm not trying to judge it, but I'm just trying to show you just, you know, you just have to be very, very cognizant that the internet isn't a safe place, right? And when we're talking about our scholars' data, when we're talking about digitizing our scholars' profiles, we have to make sure we have full autonomy of that. We understand where each access point, we understand each access point to get to that data, right? We understand the password, the username, how to get to that data, but that data is safe and secure because just like I said, right, TikTok is literally about to be banned and it's already banned in certain states because it, it has the potential, you know, to be a, uh, espionage issue, right? Let's think about it. All that data in TikTok can be downloaded to one little drive and then uploaded to AI. The literally the uh, founder of one of the AIs, he quit Google because he he's feeling that AI might outsmart us and create an even worse world. And so imagine they take all that aggregate data from TikTok, they put it in an AI, an AI that is not for us, right? Not meaning that it's it's negative, but it's just not doesn't have our best interests. And that can be a problem. And so we have to make sure that the data that we put out there in the digital world is secure. We have to make sure that we are teaching scholars that the information you put out there is gone once you hit send and post. And you have to ensure that you are, you know, you're, you're doing this, the smart things to ensure that you have, uh, you know, safety. And so that's the podcast for today. I really appreciate you all. Please make sure you all just continue to support a brother, man. I got another podcast coming out in two weeks, excuse me, two days. And we're going to be talking about identity. I love it. I got some brother, man, the sister girls hopefully coming through. So please check me out. Thank you all. Appreciate you all. Peace.